Hello, fellow kids. It's me again. I think that you already know that if you're clicking on the on this fine program. I think I poured my heart out yesterday already, so I don't need to do that again. Every time, I'll be just moving on with the sorting of the number. We are down to 311 albums to be talked about. 79 is the number that we have today. So let's see what it is. 7979. David Gray, White Letter. Great stuff. Because I've been thinking about that one uh, a little bit. I actually thought about listening to it yesterday. But I ended up listening to the Iron Wine record from the 12th episode yesterday, or maybe the day before. I don't remember. All, all weekends are kind of blended together, you know, eventually. So I have many, many things to speak about that one because I wrote about that one um, last year. I was with that same uh, list. I started writing uh, reviews about it just as a pastime uh, during lockdown. I thought, oh, let's start with that. As with everything that I ever did in my life, I eventually stopped doing it. Um, but I do remember making some observations about that record, uh, some things that make sense. And I think that this one might be a very informative um, episode you might have good information about it so David Gray British singer songwriter up to that point in his career uh, the album it's White Letter it's, it's, it was released on 1997 uh, let me see what's his discography up to that point because I do know that he has more albums before that one it's one of those artists that i'm only familiar with one album i'm, I'm never uh, listened to anything else from him he's actually 98 it says on spotify is actually 98 1998 um what can you expect from this record here we were talking a little bit about the 80s uh, yesterday. I was talking about it. You were involved in the talking, uh, but just involved in the listening. I was talking about the 80s and how songs from the big chair represents like the middle point, kind of the apex of synth pop on that era, right? Um, it's interesting that those landmarks happen. I do think that the 90s, it's a little bit different in terms of distribution of information and how things progressed. I do believe that it has a very uh, clear beginning with the grunge uh, movement, with the death of Kurt Cobain, and with the, of course, the development of the genre with other bands, other bands besides 
uh, Nirvana, things went to a post-grunge uh, situation, right? Because immediately after he died, and he was already the biggest artist up to that point within that genre, uh, things just died with him, right? In terms of grunge. Then you have Foo Fighters in 95, I believe, only two years after. Uh, you have the first Foo Fighters album, which is pretty much the beginning of post-grunge, right? So, folk, singer-songwriter stuff developed in a kind of a different way. It's kind of hard to pin down exactly what's the trajectory in that sense. I do believe that, of course, you have the development of indie with, you know, Pixies and, and, and of course, post-grunge as well. A lot of bands from the 90s followed that indie rock model, alternative rock model. Uh, David Gray, it's more of a folk singer-songwriter on the American tradition. Although he's British, uh, he paved the way for a lot of singer-songwriters after him, right? So you, you can trace some influences uh, from the past, like Bob Dylan, it's a very obvious influence in his work. Uh, and coincidentally enough, the pop from the 80s as well, uh, because you have a cover from Soft Cell, uh, one of their biggest hits, right? I mean, Tainted Love is, of course, is their main uh, hit. But Say Hello, Wave Goodbye, it's also a, a very big song from them. So you have a cover from that artist here. Uh, one of the highlights of the album, in my opinion. I always love the, the version. So very acoustic oriented type of um, approach to the production. So the main instrument here is the, the, the acoustic guitar. He does use a lot of per percussions and electronic um, ideas in the production. So you have at the same time the acoustic feel of the guitar and the electronic drums borrow from the 80s. So it's basically amalgamation between the 60s and the 80s, if you think about it. And at the end of the, the 90s, which has its own, you know, type of aesthetic and, 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 and approach to the thing. So that type of, that type of production is very prevalent in the in the 90s so you have a lot of folk artists and a lot of rock artists uh incorporating the electronics in their palette let's say uh, their sonic palette so you have that situation going because electronic music was in a in a in a way in a peak over that era right that Britpop in a lot of ways, also uh, fed itself from the electronic movement that, that was happening in England up to that point. So you have the, the, the club, uh, uh, the club uh, 
scene um, very prominent on the on the mid to mid end you can probably say 93 to 97 it's a big uh, a big window for the electronic artists such as primal scream such as blur they do although they are indie rock you know they they do use a lot of electronic foundations on their on their sound uh, a drumming bass in general uh, saw the light of day in the mid 90s right drumming bass was a big um, a big phenomenon up to that point because it, it was already a reflection and already a continuation continuation of the synth pop so if you grab new order as an example right kind of beginning of 80s mid 80s synth pop act what happened before the continuation of the the, the elaboration of that sound eventually became became uh drummy bass eventually became a, a more uh, dense oriented and more less poppy approach to it you have the orb as an example you have the um, the guys what is their name what's that oh chemical brothers and you know fat boys fat boys name you have all those electronic movements uh popping up during the 90s um david gray in his record provides a more old school approach to to the songs and with the poetry and with the backbone of um, some somewhere else in the past right because I, I i already mentioned the david bowie uh, bowie no it's not bowie it's bob dylan influence uh, it is very obvious because of the nasal type of vocals that both of those singers have going for them and they tend to be very verbose they tend to have a lot of you know um, the type of storytelling is evidently uh, you can say that of course that guy is influenced by Bowie right uh, you have a, a whole sort of artists who are um, not Bowie Dylan I keep saying Bowie I, I see David I remember Bowie anyway I'm looking at the track list here. Let me hide this and not just say Bowie anymore. One second. So it, it is a Dylan-like approach to the vocals and the minimalistic uh, electronics that would be a big thing over the, 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 over the years, throughout the 2000s. Uh, you can you can say the postal service as an example of that type of thing uh, minimalistic electronic production became like the norm in indie music you know until it became more and more orchestral and baroque and all that uh, as it is with for example rn wine and it is with arcade fire and all sorts of other bands uh, Fleet Foxes and all that. So the main observation is very strong Dylan-esque type of approach to songwriting 
very minimalistic, very 90s-like, excellent album. Uh, you have uh, the drive of it and the, and the melancholy of it uh, going for, for it as well. It's a very honest, blue-collar, you know, kind of hard-working man. It does mimics a little bit of the Bruce Springsteen type of idea, right? In Bruce Springsteen, more subdued records, such as Nebraska, for example, you can see some similarities. You can say that most definitely he listened to those uh, those releases from Bruce Springsteen, the more dramatic side of the of the guy, right? Because he tends to be very stadium uh, Bruce Springsteen in that sense. Um, in that case, it tends to be very arena rock in some of his releases. Most of them, I, I would say. He has that approach, that rock and roll, uh, that dead rock approach. And with the more subdued, the more um, vulnerable releases, I think that they have very similar approaches to songwriting. Uh, <clears throat> both David Gray and Bruce Springsteen. He's very influenced by G Dylan in his own way, right, uh, Bruce? So... It's a very American-like folk album from a British guy who, you know, experimented a lot with the, with the, especially the, the electronic percussions and electronic drumming in, it, in this album. I, I believe that most of, most of it, if not all, it's uh, electronic. Uh, again, there was a big... Uh, it was in fashion up to that point in the 90s to have that type of approach. With the 2000s coming, um, a more old school type of idea with all instruments and all bands kind of became the norm after the whole um, popification of especially electronics and percussion and drumming. Uh, it became more and more pristine, and then, of course, with Arcade Fire, with Sofian Stevens, uh, with the Chins, with a lot of bands from the beginning of the of the two thousands, with folk rock situation, Mid Lake. Anyway, uh, with the Elephant Six, right? Basically, uh, that basic approach, it became more and more like the sixties, uh, not so much like the 80s right but those observations and those uh approaches they are interesting to to consider and to observe but they are not you know the the interesting thing here is the songwriting ability ability of gray uh, is his it is his um what type of thing he conveys with the songs, right? What type of uh, delusion and, and melancholy and kind of... I'm, I'm always very drawn to uh, contemplative kind of songwriters, right? I, I, I 
Myself as a person, I'm not the most enthusiastic individual. Uh, I tend to keep it to myself for the most part. I tend to be a, 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 a quiet person. I don't approach very much, you know, people that I don't know, people that I... So those types of, I mean, that can be, take that fact as you as you wish. But me as a person, I, I gravitate a lot towards those types of singer-songwriters as well because they, they, they speak to me. What can you say? Right? More extroverted, extroverted people might like the, the, you know, kind of Andrew WK type of idea, um, like party, 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 people, people, people. I'm not like that. I'm not very, uh, you know, I, I tend to look inwards for the most part. Um, and those albums, they do help with giving that inwards look more color, I think. I, I think that's right. I think that might be the case. Because if you look inwards so much and, you know, you don't have a lot of variety in terms of how to, how to decorate those processes. And by that, I mean how other people also look inwards, right? And express that through communication. And music is communication at the end of the day. So to have a lot of uh, to have a lot of um, flavors being put into the into the process is interesting. So it's a good thing to have. It's a good thing to resort yourself into and just live your life with more uh, with more examples of how to do that. And you know, even though Looking inwards is an interesting thing, and and something that I that I do as a person quite often. Um, you're never on a vacuum, right? You're never. You you always need some type of social. Uh, sometime some type of social. Contact, and of course, because music is communication, it's also a social contact, right? Uh, it's a parasocial in a way because I'm not, I never spoke with David Gray in my life, you know, <laughs> I never, I never, you know, it's just a one-way street in this case, but I mean, he's the artist, I am the listener, right? Um, anyway, I don't know what's my point, what's my point at the end of the day, really good at, really good at record. Really good solace album, especially the, the bigger uh, songs. It's a very entertaining listening. Uh, I I do remember many 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 times just putting on the first song and just letting the thing uh, run its course. Right when you when you listen to the to the first drums of "Please Forgive Me," I mean. In a blink of an eye, you are reaching the end of the album, and it's a very, it's a very on point, charismatic, classic album from the '90s. One thing worth mentioning that I didn't so far 
is the importance of the book a thousand and one albums to to hear before you die i most of my music education uh came from that record or the record the 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 book most of my discography to begin with in my life was taken from the albums that i that i consumed having that list as a as a as a reference uh it's not the only thing that i ever consumed to to for my music taste but you can say that i mean some things overlap right so if you grab any list of the 90s maybe white letter will be mentioned there because it's a quite iconic uh folk album from that time so they basically do that right and he's a popular guy so is of course part of the it's part of the curriculum to be such an album uh, just such a number to be there so i discover many many things with the help of that of that album and i mean some things i discovered for myself right but david gray it's one example of something that i discover very early on and upon consuming that that book uh, i discovered that very early on and it kind of formed my form of my taste in a way right uh, much like iron wine but iron wine was way before white ladder i do believe that i listened to white ladder maybe since 2010 uh, iron wine was 2008 2009 or maybe even before that 2007 which is it, it was very near the release of shepherd's dog right just for context anyway not that it matters very solid released one of the most consistent and great albums from that time it does wear its influence on its sleeve but it is highly interesting and highly original um who knows what the what the what the title means right white letter i have to i have to dig through the lyrics a little bit to, to have an idea about that but he's he's a highly symbolic songwriter he is great i I like him i like david gray I, I do believe that he has a lot of a lot of things to offer i might have i might give a his discography ago kind of starting from the from the latest ones and see see how he goes uh he has constant constant releases okay i think i'm done here i think i'm done at this point it this is his biggest release right his it's his biggest album and I think he should be very proud of it. Uh, as a songwriter, it's quite awesome. It's quite good. Especially say hello, wave goodbye. It's a it's a, it's a hard thing to do, like to cover such an iconic song and such an iconic song from a very specific period within music um, music history. 
and uh, such an iconic song from from that genre, right? Say hello, wave goodbye. It's a classic from a classic band from the eighties, right? Uh, uh, Soft Cell. Of course, Tainted Love is a bigger one, but it's from the same album. It's it's basically cut from the same cloth. So it's interesting to cover a song that way and and do it well you know make it yours and he did pretty good late 90s album pretty good see a songwriter if you like dylan especially if you like more uh, of his earlier uh no his uh, latest stuff kind of 80s 90 90s dylan approach probably enjoy this guy here this is a more palatable uh released in most of 90s and 2000s uh, dylan he tends to be a little bit oblique in my opinion on, the, on those uh, especially instrumentally and it's a very long type of approach uh he's not necessarily that case is very poppy but he maintains the 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 songs are what they need to be which is the the approach to to take when writing songs highlights of it i guess that the whole record it's great the whole record is great there's this uh this is love say away please forgive me babylon all the highlights the obvious highlights but i mean all of it it's worth a listening there is no there's not there is not an empty moment in this album it's a pretty great record it's pretty great stuff i'm happy to speak about it because uh, i've been listening to that one for a while like 10 plus years right as always, I hope that you find somewhat of an enjoyment with this one. Okay. I see you on the next one, which is a mystery. I don't know. Thank you. Bye.